more events to get to now, but these are uh, these are two of the really big ones. Um, that and what a gorgeous setting that has to be great out there at Manhattan Beach. I'm we have got to come cover this thing at some point. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was a it was a labor of love to to get it up and running again this year, but uh, got a couple days to recover since we closed it out and <laughs> feeling like myself again after what was a, a whirlwind of, of four days with uh, a couple of big events, like you mentioned. You know, how? what is that process for the Elite 11 uh, when you start um, trying to narrow it down? And that's got to be incredibly tough. You, you have people showing up at these regional events. Um, and, and like some of these kids that everybody knows, like yours, have, have, has he been on your radar since he was like in eighth grade? I mean, some of these kids that are going into ninth or 10th grade are already going to a lot of camps and doing all that stuff out there. Like, when does some of these guys get on your radar? Yeah, it's definitely a cycle, um, just like, you know, probably the college programs approach recruiting as well. So, you know, each year after the season wraps up, we'll, we'll go through and, you know, we, we kind of put an all call out to high school coaches to, to recommend their quarterbacks and things of that nature. And then we're also, you know, coming through on our own and, and you know, whether it's all state teams or all region teams and, you know, going out and, and making sure we're, we're putting eyes and finding the top performers ourselves. So, yeah, a, a guy like you mentioned, like like Quinn, who uh, had a huge sophomore season but was on the radar a little bit before then. Just you could the, you heard the rumblings from the coaches there, and, hey, we got a kid who we think is going to be pretty special. And, you know, sometimes it's through the private quarterbacking coaching kind of um, winds of, of rumors and things like that, or it's just the high school coaches as well. But, yeah, when, it, when a talent like that is, is on the verge and starting to break through, um, you definitely hear early whispers about it. And, and so guys like that sometimes do get to early regionals uh, prior to their junior season. But it was, it was just a different year, you know, all around. Cause you know, typically these, these guys that we have for the finals this year, we, we see 90% of them the year before as, as rising juniors out at regionals as well. And we just didn't have that last year. So uh, for us really like a lot of college coaches, you know, this spring getting out and doing the regionals uh, coming back from, from COVID was the first time seeing a lot of these kids, uh, which was, you know, exciting, but also, you know, added a little bit of, mystique to the process because typically we have a, a pretty pretty good feel for them going into the regional tour what do, you, what do you think the quarterbacks take when they when you ask these quarterbacks okay what worked best at this camp what did you enjoy most is it that that just competition the rankings that part of it is it the sort of that one-on-one I mean a lot of these guys are already extremely talented or they wouldn't be there what what, what is the what are the two or three things Brian after you're breaking these things down and you're doing quality control and all that that you constantly hear back this is you know this is what th- these kids love the most about this elite 11 camp I mean I think the thing that, that resonates the most and something we really preached again this year again coming out of a a year where a lot of these guys were stuck on zooms for a lot and really couldn't be in person, even with their high school teammates for quite a bit of time is just reconnecting really. So um, focusing on connection, whether it was between the, the quarterbacks themselves and, and the group of 20 high school guys that was there um, as well as with the staff and the college counselors that were there um, just making sure they, they realized all the, you know, the, the fraternity that, that comes with this, uh, this position and this event and um, the resources that are available for them. If, if they do actually go out and make genuine connections and, you know, moving forward, um, this group of quarterbacks, they're really going to be the best peer resource for each other. You know, you have your, your group of, you know, say your, your Cade Club, Nick and Austin Westlake, you have your group of, of best friends at your high school, and it might be one of your receivers and one of your alignment. And, you know, those guys are always going to be your, your, your dudes. But at the same time, now you have this resource of, of quarterbacks that really, truly, you know, sit in the same chair as you and walk the same steps and, and, 
experience the same thing. So, you know, it might be two or three years down the road and, you know, there's, there's a depth chart battle at Clemson or, you know, things going on that, Hey, his, his high school buddy who is his receiver that's now, you know, at a different school and just a student, you know, that, that's, he's probably not the best guy to bounce some of that stuff off of, but, you know, odds are that, you know, they're going to have a, a connection that grows and, and gets stronger with, you know, at least two, three, four of these quarterbacks that they just spent a bunch of time with. And, and those are going to be their best sounding boards moving forward to, to really talk through, you know, positives and negatives and, and things they're working through. And, and so really that, that, that connection with the other guys and, uh, the ability moving forward to to have this peer group of guys that you can you can text, you can call, you can you can talk through your problems, and they're odds are they're probably having similar experiences that you guys can use each other as sounding boards. You mentioned Kay. Do you have a, a sense, Brian, as someone who works with these quarterbacks often, uh, for for why that Austin area with Westlake and, and Lake Travis just continue to churn out quarterback prospects like this? I think it's truly the the consistency and the commitment to development you see at those those programs and it goes all the way down to the youth level you know you look at their their youth programs in the in the districts and in the in the city and the feeder programs they're all running the same offense and speaking the same language and same verbiage and it, it really just creates this unique environment that just doesn't exist you know unfortunately in many other places because there's not that um, continuity with with coaching staffs and and terminology and things of that nature but it, it really just truly speaks to development so um, a kid gets in that youth program and, and he's playing quarterback from fifth grade on, he's going to be running similar plays and, and taking similar drops in the footwork and the technique and, and everything they're preaching from the highest level up at the, the varsity program trickles down through the youth program. So I think you, you see that and just, and then honestly there's a, there's a commitment at those, those schools and their respective programs to, to hire and find the, the best coaches um, and, and truly provide the best um, opportunities to the athletes in their program. So, you, you know, there might be a coaching change every couple of years and a, and a guy moves on and moves out, and, uh, but they're going to get the next best guy and, and, and keep it going. So you, I think that's one of the big reasons why you see, you know, the programs like, like Travis and like Austin Westlake just have this, you know, uh, factory line of quarterbacks coming out of there every two or three years. Uh, it's, it's because of their commitment to, to provide the rest resources and uh, opportunities to their athletes. It's really because we have better food, better barbecue in 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 Texas. <laughs> I really, if you want to get to the bottom of it, um, I think it may have something to do with it. Brian Stump joining us, uh, president of some of these huge events in high school. Elite Eleven has become a monster. The opening is such a, a huge deal. What about the um, obviously with the Baylor flagship? Zach Pyron and uh, Drones was with you guys. Kyron Drones um, in in one of those past seasons. Um, all this COVID's made it run together in my mind. But uh, Zach Pyron, the Baylor commit from Pinson Valley, Alabama. You know, he, he wasn't like maybe the highest ranked guy every day. But what were your takeaways from, from being around him? Because um, he's already exerted his influence on this program. and He's not even on campus yet. Yeah, I think Zach was a guy that uh, the more time you spend around him, he, he grows on you, and as a collective staff, um, you couldn't find a coach that had a bad thing to say about Zach by the end of the event. Uh, he, he performed and competed at a high level. You know, every every day we kind of have a scorable or measurable competition, and he was he was always in the upper half, whether it was the pro day workout or a target challenge we did. And then when we got to the seven-on-seven uh, seven at the end where, you know, we send these quarterbacks a playbook, you know, three weeks in advance and – they have some Zoom sessions to study, and then they get there and, and get with their coaches and, you know, talk about it and, and walk through it more. And 
uh, by the end of the seven on seven, Zach actually was, I think he ended up third in total passing yardage and second and tied for second touch, touchdown passes. So uh, really performed well in, in anything and everything you asked him to do. And then I think you just look at the, some of the intangibles and, and off the field stuff. Um, his high school experience has prepared him, I think, uniquely uh, to adapt and, and jump into new situations and, and, and be a guy that can connect with a bunch of different people. You know, he was, he was at a, a very small school his first two years in, in high school in Alabama at Fife High School, which is a, a 2A program, and then uh, moving up and playing at Pinson Valley last year already kind of afforded him the opportunity to go to a, a newer, bigger program as a small-town kid coming into a much bigger program and acclimating to new coaches and, and you know befriending and, and earning the trust of new teammates. And, and I think all that stuff is, is something that, you know, one, just makes him uh, very comfortable in his skin, and you can see that when he gets to Elite 11 in terms of just being around the other guys, but two, also prepares him to – to you know, have that same experience when he gets into college and you know hit the ground running as it relates to connecting with new new teammates and earning their respect because he's already he's already really gone through that at a at a, at a very strong and, and a big program at, you know one of the best in the state of Alabama at Pinto Valley. Who was the who was the quarterback that uh, surprised Joel the most? Was there anybody that maybe was a little bit? I mean, I, I was reading about some of the coverage in this and Klubnik from, uh, and, and obviously he wouldn't be going where he's going to Clemson if he wasn't already a great quarterback. He put up consistently great numbers. Were there any of the the quarterbacks that just r- almost exceeded expectations when you think about it? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple, and, and we kind of have a unique perspective because going in, we've seen all these guys through the regionals and and picked them. So I think we have pretty strong expectations for most of them and you know wouldn't wouldn't have them there if we didn't think they could compete and hold their own and and potentially stand out and that sort of thing but i think zach is one from a public perception just just because he was he was at a smaller school for his first couple years and uh and again with with no college camps last year and things like that just the the typical amount of exposure that these guys have had a number of people that have seen them uh is considerably less than it would be in a normal cycle in a normal year so i think zach making the 11 might have been a surprise to some i'd say you know, gauging the, the kind of public murmuring and <laughs> things like that and talking to some of the um, recruiting guys, you know, website guys that were on site. I think Devin Brown, um, a USC commit who's now at, uh, at high school in Utah, moving from Arizona for his senior year, was, was probably a guy that uh, popped out for, for most of the, the media there in attendance. Um, again, a guy who, who also didn't go to a lot of camps and doesn't do a lot of travel ball seven on seven. So I think for most of the assembled media, that was the first time uh, for people to see him. But uh, big, strong kid, six three, one ninety five. Um, didn't have the hugest year. He's not at one of the stronger programs in Arizona, so he didn't have an eye popping, you know, stat line and things like that that might lead to greater expectations. But uh, from a physical trait standpoint, uh, he, he was he was in the top three or four, I think, in everybody's mind. You know, going through the week and, and weekend and. Uh, how he finished with the seven on seven and uh, he's got a lot of people out here uh, really excited about you know what USC's got at, at quarterback moving forward in the future because they signed a couple good ones last year and uh, now they know they have a, another one in Devin Brown coming in. Well now you just get to start working on this next season's crop of quarterbacks and they're all out there and they're gathering. Would you say as far as like between regionals and applications and people wanting to be a part of this is this one of those things where we're talking like a thousand quarterbacks, five hundred. I mean, there's legitimately only a certain number that can be considered for something like this. Like when it, when when you with regionals and everything, how many how many quarterbacks are trying to make this cut? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely in the thousands in terms of those that reach out and send in film and that sort of stuff. But you're right in terms of the number of people 
you know, we can physically see in person and, and fit into an event and still have the event be <laughs> functional and <laughs> have the kids be able to get repetitions and things like that. We're, we're not at a place where we want it to be like American Idol and have everybody come out and throw three passes and then, you know, cut them or do stuff like that. That's not authentic. Cause I mean, the beauty of this is, you know, elite 11 is the goal and, you know, a lot of kids want to make it to the finals, but the beauty is we can, get them out to a regional camp and, and have a day with some great coaches and, you know, get if it's 60 kids at a regional or 75 kids, you know, all of them can leave learning something more about the playing the position of quarterback from our coaches and uh, hopefully, you know, walk away inspired to, to keep learning um, and, and stay motivated to get better in the off season. Cause yeah, the reality is we can only fit so many kids into physical events, but yeah, I think thousands in terms of submissions. Uh, I want to say this year we saw a little bit over 600 at eight, uh, regional camp, so a, a pretty big number. And uh, depending on kind of how next year lays out, and again, if we're if we're back to normal, we'll probably add a couple more regionals, and, and probably I'd say get back up in the, you know, at least eight or nine hundred in terms of seeing kids in person and and uh, you know putting eyes to them before we go through uh, final selections and things like that again. All right. Well, listen. I always uh, hope to see you at one of these regionals, maybe in uh, Central Texas, Austin, wherever you guys end up. Temple. Temple would be a great place to to do one of them brian i'll just submit all my suggestions to you okay and then uh i'll i'll, I'll also include like places to eat in those cities if that if that's helpful absolutely all. absolutely yep you know the the direct messages on twitter are always open so feel free to uh send in we're always looking for the, the best barbecue spots whenever we roll through whether it's whether it's dallas fort worth or houston or uh anywhere else in, in your great state out there 